Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q Podcast. We're preserving the culture and traditions of the fire service is our priority. For more information, visit www.pintheq.com and subscribe to Pin the Q Productions on YouTube. It's our honor to showcase the best of the bravest. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pin the Q Productions, Pin the Q Podcast. We are in South Carolina in Goose Creek, and with me is the chief of the department, who has a history in Portland, Maine, which we're excited to learn about that a little bit. So before we go any further, Chief, welcome to the show. Thanks. I appreciate coming on. I appreciate you uh, coming in and interviewing me. It's good. I mean, we got to uh, look around the firehouse. It's beautiful firehouse. Station one. Yep, station one. Uh, it's I inherited this thing. It's not gorgeous. what I'm used to back in the <laughs> northeast, you know, not your typical northeastern older firehouse. But yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, the amenities are, are amazing. First of all, the kitchen. <laughs> that... <laughs> That's like something out of Bobby Flay restaurant. Well, you know, it's one of those things where you, you got a little bit of everything. You got the gourmet fire, you know, firehouse kitchen, and then you got the, how about the little entertainment center with the right. theater seating? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you guys definitely uh, take care of your people here, which is which is evident. Yeah, I inherited it. So. It's good stuff. So, so, Chief, you have a little bit of a different journey. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, coming from Portland, Maine to here, that's, that's quite an adjustment. You know, first and foremost, what was it like for you as you know, young up and coming firefighter, where'd you start? Well, you know, I started off my, my dad, my pops, he was a huge fire buff. He grew up in the, in the city and, uh, I don't know, man, people chased fire trucks back then. Yeah. So like when I, I remember being like four years old, going to a job with my dad, I thought everybody in the world chased fires. <laughs> so literally as a, as a young guy, I knew I wanted to be a fireman. And then, uh, in 1980, I remember being a, a young, a, you know, I was nine, and uh, a cousin, Joe Cavallaro, died on the job. And uh, I just remember the effect, even though he was a, a distant cousin, you know, I didn't really know the guy that well. But it was kind of like over kind of over the top of me that, like, hey, you remember your cousin Joey died on the job, you know, my Italian aunts and stuff, and my mom. And I just remember my mom going to his funeral, and uh seeing it on TV, it had a profound effect on me, even though we certainly weren't close. I barely knew the guy, but like going on the job where he had passed away from had an impact. You know, I think you, you can only get from having that experience absolutely, as a young guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, it was a horrible fire, vacant, uh, it, vacant church that was made into a discotheque that was completely vacant. You know, he was on the first two engine company on engine one, and uh, they were stretching a hose line into the front slate roof type building. And, uh, you know, I even talked to guys because I worked with them uh, in the cur- my career when I got hired. You know, just an awful scene. You know, he didn't stand a chance. Place backdraft. It sucked him in, blew the rest of the guys out. Oh, and, man. Uh, yeah, no. So I knew the job was deadly serious from when I started to get involved in the call company, which is basically like a volunteer fire company in okay. my hometown. And uh, just loved the fire department, man. I, you know, I dug it as a kid, just having respect for it, but then actually doing it and getting a taste of it. And then I traveled everywhere, man. I just wanted to be a fireman. Right. And uh, if, I'm sure you you remember back to the early 90s, tax caps, hiring freezes all over the Northeast. So I, I applied everywhere and uh, ended up getting hired in my hometown. 
you know, which was great. Uh, I got hired with a group of 19 uh, guys. That's Our awesome. anniversary actually is coming up uh, That's awesome. for 26 years of those guys, uh, May 1st. But it was great being hired in such a big group of guys. And, you know, I learned quickly on the job uh, that you keep your mouth shut, mm -hmm. do your job. You know, I had some experience coming in. Uh, you know, it's great to have that experience and bring it in to do the job. So when it comes time to stretch the hose, get to the roof or do the search or do whatever, you do it right. And you just they're like, yep, my training here from Portland helped me get that, you know. Do, do you think uh, having that experience with your cousin passing away so early on uh, in your lifetime, do you think that had some effect on you as far as the, your direction in the fire service? Yeah, I think, you know, it just – it just hit home to me that it was right. just you know, like a deadly serious job. You know, it's, it's not make believe that stuff happens to people, mm -hmm. you know, no one expects to come to work and, you know, he was a young guy. He had two kids and a wife. I mean, no one expects to come to work and have that happen to him. Right. You know, uh, and just kind of just having my dad always in the background being a fan. It was like, you know, most, most dads, you know, out there, like, yep, I want my my kid to be, you know, you know, famous, not right, famous, a doctor but or something, doctor, right, a lawyer, right. you know, baseball player or whatever. My father couldn't have been more proud the day yeah. I got my badge pinned on me in the city, you know, the city that he grew up in, That's my awesome. mom grew up in. So, that, well, welcome back to when you first when you first got your badge pinned on. I mean, walk me through that moment for you. What was it like? Oh man, he, he, just even just getting the phone call and I, you know, I got hired was just. Like winning the lottery. Right. I mean, literally, to that point, the best thing ever happened in my life. I could I could probably have walked across water at that <laughs> point, or I was definitely levitating, I'll tell you that. It's so funny you say that, Chief. I've talked to so many um, like-minded brothers and sisters, and it's it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're in Goose Creek, South Carolina, or New Jersey, or wherever, um, everyone says the same thing. That's what they equated to. It's like winning the lottery. You know, and if, if honestly, I can tell you, if somebody's listening to this podcast and is not feeling that way, right. then maybe you want to get a different job. Because, Absolutely. Because you're either all in or you're not into this job. It's, and it's not just a job. You know, it, it's definitely, it, it's everything to me. My, my brother and I are definitely like family to me, you know, and just you're robbing yourself you know, and robbing somebody else from a job. Yeah, if, I was, you, if, if you're here not feeling that way. I, I was just literally going to say that, Chief. Like, you know, if you don't want this job, it's okay because it's, there's it's there's a hundred guys behind you or girls that want it. Yep, absolutely, yeah. and that's the people that I want to work with. Absolutely right. You know? Yeah, but, I've I've talked to some some guys and girls. Like, yeah, it's it's a good career. You know, it's good benefits, it's good pension, but it's more than that. I mean, for me anyway, and most of the people in my in my circle, like you, it's way more than that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and. When I, re, you know, graduated re recruit class, which was very primitive at the time, you know, we, uh, we, you know, it wasn't like it is nowadays with, you know, they do all kinds of different training other than just basic firefighting. Right. You know, I, when I had my first day actually going on shift, I couldn't sleep that night. I was super <laughs> excited. Yeah. I think I got to the station, like, I don't know, shift change is supposed to be eight. I think I got there like six o'clock or something. Yeah, it's outstanding. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I couldn't, I couldn't wait. Guys are still sleeping, you know, and right. I, I just couldn't wait to get on the truck and, and, and do the job. Talk, talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, often on this show, I love to talk about that kitchen table and what it means. Um, bring me back to your first experience at the kitchen table as a firefighter, career firefighter. Oh, geez. You know, 
probably goes back to, we would have a lot of our uh, recruit training was at Bram Hall Fire Station, which is uh, on the west side of the city downtown. And a lot of tough firemen have come through that firehouse, man. And, you know, we would go up and eat dinner with them or lunch with them at the end. You know, you go up there and, you know, it'd be like springs and things and they're charging like five bucks a guy or something for 19 guys. <laughs> right, you know? right. But you just are like, all right, yeah. I get it. They're disciplined the kitty. Right. But, uh, you know, just don't want to screw up. Don't want to be that guy, you know, so you keep your head down and everybody, especially on Platoon 1, we used to call them the gold cokes. Those guys were the jackals of all jackals. <laughs> so, you know, and I knew a lot of these guys because I had friends that were on the job before me. Right. And, so they all knew me. They were all looking to gun for me for the least little thing that goes sure. wrong. So I'm just, okay, don't, man. Yeah, I'm going to go up. I'm literally just going to go get a glass. I'm not, like, even paying attention to anybody, not making eye contact. They got a whole table separate for right. us, away from the regular guys. And, dude, I can feel the glass slip out of my damn hand. Oh, no. Smash on the ground. <laughs> And it was like a bunch of Marine Corps drill sergeants and nothing. I've never been in the Marines, right. you know, but I can only imagine they're on me, jackling the <laughs> hell out of me. And it's, it's great because after, you know, we got done class for the day, the guy's like, I'm so glad it was you. Not and not me. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, took, I took one for the team for you. <laughs> you know, but it, it's the firehouse banter around the dinner table. And I know. There's a million and one things on Facebook about people talking about it being the great equalizer, but it really is, man. It is. You know, I grew up in an Italian family on my mom's side, as well as, you know, mm -hmm. you grew up in an Italian family, and everything that happened happened around the kitchen or the dinner table. It's 100% correct. Yeah, and the same yeah. thing with, with us, man, in the fire service. And I don't care if you, you're in some small department out there or you work in a, a medium-sized department where I came from or you come from a big city, you know. It's the dinner time, you know, it's, it's sitting around the table. And I, I miss that the most, I think, about being a, as an administrator, being a right. chief. That's why I try to, you know, get out on the floor with the guys and go have lunch with them. And I'll bust chops, man. They look at me kind of funny, but I'm still a fireman, you know. I, honestly, I was going to mention before you even said that, that I saw you in the kitchen with the guys. Um, and that's huge. I mean, really is huge because they appreciate that. They might not say it, but I'm telling you in the back of their mind, I'm like, man, the chief's breaking bread with us. You know, uh, one of my greatest friends, uh, he is a battalion chief in Jersey City. His name is Richie Gorman. I mean, he's the salt of the earth. And uh, he says to me, when, when, it doesn't matter if a white shirt or not, when I'm in that kitchen and I'm at the kitchen table, <laughs> yes, it's all free game. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, when, when I drop gloves, the gloves come off. I am good with it, you know. I'm not one of those guys you're going to, you know, the guy, the bully in school. Right, he's right, only right. a bully because he had six other guys right. around him to stick up for him. No, man, if I drop gloves, you drop gloves too. It's all good. You know? That's great. Chief, the shark man. tank. Yeah, the shark tank. <laughs> so back in Portland, um, tell me, what was your greatest experience in, in Portland? Was it being promoted or was it something else? I just, you know, just honestly, I, I had a great ride. I had an awesome ride, you know. The ups and downs of it, you know, uh, bad fires, you know, guys getting sick on the job, occupational cancer. I got had cancer myself. That was probably no kidding, chief. That was difficult. You know, I had a, you know, I had stage three B melanoma, and uh, it's one of those things you never expect that you're gonna get told you have cancer. And I, if it wasn't for the guys and gals on the job, I don't know how me and my family would have made it through it. You know, it was just tough. It was mentally draining, physically draining. I ended up uh, 
having two surgeries. I had a month of high dose chemo. Wow. And 11 months of maintenance chemo. And they, uh, they told me I wasn't, you know, wasn't, I don't, they couldn't even tell me if I was going to be okay, which sucks. Yeah, it's scary. But then they said at least I wouldn't be back to work for over a year. Five and a half months I got back. Good for you. But the, the, the thing that got me back was the guys and gals on the job. I mean, they, people were signing up to drive me to chemo when I was doing yeah. my high dose. That's the part of the fire service that I preach about all the time. That's the part the public doesn't see. It, yeah. it, it's that. You know, that's yeah. the brotherhood. Because, man, you know, and, and I guess I kind of hit it a little bit, but I was super ridden with anxiety. I had young kids, newly married to my second wife, and it was just tough. And if it wasn't for them coming in the house, bringing meals, breaking bread, even though I didn't want to eat, they might, you know, my family benefited from it. I benefited from it. And then it got to a point where they were, t when I got healthy enough, I'd drive to the firehouse to have lunch when my crews were on ah, shift. That's so awesome. And I tell you, it was weird. Like, I would be, like, at home, you know, feeling totally anxious, total, like, you know, beside myself, second-guessing what's going to happen in life. Right. I would walk through that firehouse door and smell the smell of the firehouse, yeah. which I don't care if you're in New Jersey, yep. Portland, Maine, Boston, or any of the cities. Yeah. The, smir the firehouses all smell the same. The kitchens smell the same. Yep. And I just, it was like all my cares went away, right. you know? You home. Yep, absolutely. So that's an incredible story, Chief. I didn't, I didn't even know that. That's that's incredible. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, too, is God bless, by the way. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And, it, you know, it's been my passion to kind of get out there and just kind of get the, the message across that cancer's real. Take it serious. You know, I love the fire service. You know, guys will tell you, I'm, I'm not chicken about being aggressive, you know, but you got to take care of yourself. You got to find the balance because I bought into this, you know, you go into a fire. You don't need to wear an air pack. You certainly don't need to wear a hood. You right. know, go in there with your collar flap open, all that stuff, you know, be a big city fireman. Yeah. When I first started, we used to use our Nomex outside, so I knew my ear was getting melted. I knew it was time to get out. Yeah, no, I, it was actually yeah. our, our union actually at one point had it so they couldn't make us wear hoods wow. in Portland, you know, and, and I understand at the time the education it was culture out there. too. It was a totally different culture. Totally get it. You know, yeah. like, and they were doing it for the, what they thought were the right reasons. So you don't get too deep. You don't get, you know, get lost, burned, get, right. Get burned up. You know, I, I totally get it, but we know better now. Our gear is better than ever. Now you can be the best friggin' big city fireman, man, be a hard ass and still protect yourself. Absolutely. Because in the end of the day, what you need to remember is the times that you're not doing that, you're letting your families down. The guys that have kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your fam mom and dad, whoever you have at home. Yeah, they're you know? waiting on you. They're depending yeah. on you. I mean, listen, I, I'm the kind of guy where I've always had this this notion or this mantra that, like, yeah, I may die in a fire. That, that may be what happens. I mean, it, yep. I know what I'm signing up for. I know it's a dangerous occupation. It's not It's not for delay to heart. But if I can wash my helmet after a job or if I can wash my turnout coat and it gets me another day without Absolutely. cancer, I'm going to do that. You know, at times definitely change because, you know, yeah. we came up, we didn't worry about that. No, we didn't. Have Your dirty helmet was yeah, like, yeah. A, it was a side of pride. And the thing is what I, what I try to tell people now too, is like, you know, the whole thing about being salty. Right. And, and I try to tell them salty is not how much shit you have on your helmet and on your turnout gear. Salt is in your heart, man. You're salty there. If you're... They, doesn't matter what you have on the outside. If you're not salty in your heart, then you're not that great of a fireman. This right here is the lesson I've been trying to tell all these young <laughs> firefighters. You know, when you're listening right now, you're watching, 
this is what we're talking about. And and it's true because, yes, everybody wants their their lid dirty. Everybody wants their gear dirty and, and shows their, their salt and experience. But you're absolutely right. If we can prevent with the knowledge and education we have now and you're living proof and you survive cancer. So um, to hear it from you is much better than hearing it from a commercial or from me or anyone else. Yeah, you know, and like the city of Boston did a great job with the cancer preventive program. You know, I had a little bit of the beginning of that through the Firefighter Cancer Support Network, which is great. This guy, Russ Osgood, is uh, is part of the program from New Hampshire. He's a lieutenant on a job up there. He took the lion's share of it, but they actually had us uh, go through and start their cancer awareness classes oh, that awesome. rotate companies, and I had a very small, small part of that. But, you know, they've done a great job. And if a department like that is, I mean, that's reek with history and tradition. Absolutely, yeah. If they can make changes, any department can make changes. So, Chief, do you... Uh, go out and talk about cancer prevention to firefighters? Or are you involved in any way with that? Yeah, I was the uh, director for the main firefighter cancer support network. And, That's great. Uh, so I did a bunch of teaching up there. And, uh, you know, in Portland, every recruit class, they get that, like, within the first or second day. So as they're doing their drills and stuff, they're putting their gear on with purpose. When I started here, you know, the January, we had a uh, firefighter cancer awareness month. So I taught just rotating uh, crews in for each one of the shifts. Was it difficult for you to relive that at the beginning when you started oh, to talk about it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Frank. Yeah, the very beginning, it was my first time. I was asked to teach at a, a county chief's meeting, and I can't remember which county it was in Maine. It doesn't matter. But I just remember at the end of it, just feeling just completely like spent, right? You know, mentally drained. Yeah, just yeah. you know, because you can't go through that without having it have some effect on Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. right? Absolutely, and I think you having those firefighters, your brothers and sisters at your side throughout this process is one hundred percent how you got through it. Absolutely, you know, if it was honestly, if it wasn't for them, my wife will attest to it. We would have had a very difficult time. It's a lonely place. Absolutely, I, I think about guys that I've known on a job that toured or ACL. And they're out of work for five months, four months, and they're depressed, literally depressed because they don't know what they're doing and they, they can't find their, their way back to work. And so to think about you, uh, you know, Jesus, what a, what a, you know, almost a life sentence. That's scary. And, and figuring out how you're going to get back. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Frank. It doesn't have to be cancer. Right. It could be anything. You know, that's, that's part of this job that's great. It's like when you get, when you're doing this job and actually in on the job, it, you take care of each other like family. Oh, absolutely. And like we, we talked before the camera, you right. know, it's like you and I have been bantering back and forth for what, yeah. maybe it's been fun, maybe like 50 minutes. Yeah. And we honest, you know, we seem like we've known each other. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the fire service as it a is. whole. Yeah. It's it. You, I've been so fortunate to meet such wonderful people like yourself, chief and uh, getting to sit down and talk about the fire service is, is so fun. And I think for, for me, it revitalizes me a little bit because everyone gets in that little bit of funk. But meeting guys like you and other, and other individuals, it definitely gets you back involved in the fire service and makes you realize how great it is yeah. and how, you know, you're from Portland and now Goose Creek, but we, we think the same. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And that's why, too, uh, you always like, you know, I did a lot of special operations courses and classes, you know, like everybody's done, but, right. you know. And it's always great to go away because you get a bunch of like-minded individuals oh, together. Yeah. And I always would say, wouldn't it be great if you can just build a dream team, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like same, a baseball team. The same group of guys, you know, and gals that want to do the job, you know. And it's 
and it's funny too because like i've seen the, the gamut you know where i come from you know take a civil service test to get hired right and some of the best firemen i've ever worked with are guys that have just worked a construction site mm-hmm. working hard for their family they don't have benefits they knew somebody that was on the job and they're like ah Seems like a noble job. I'll try oh, it out. Yeah. Some of those guys were the best firemen I ever worked with. I'm telling you, I've talked to rescue captains, and they say they they handpick their fire their guys on rescue because they're seeing them on the fire ground. Engine company, ladder company, and they're just watching guys on the fire ground. Who's the first one to pick up a saw? Who's the first one to figure out a problem? You know, who's the one going to the toolbox? Those are the guys that are handpicking. Yeah. No. Absolutely. They're, yeah. I'm a little biased towards the rescue. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> a whole idea. <laughs> But you guys didn't hear this here yeah. at Goose Creek. Everybody's <laughs> no, the same. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's the same. same. Back in Portland, everybody knows. <laughs> but that's what's, you know, that's what's true. Would you, would you agree with that? No, statement? no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, the thing is, you know, like I said, some people dress for the dance, but they don't dance, yep. you know. And, uh, God, I love it. That's a great analogy. <laughs> my wife says I'm the king of analogy. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I might actually steal that one, Chief. That's yeah, feel one. free. It's not trademarked, <laughs> except I'm trademarking it now on camera. <laughs> it's on, oh, I can't use it. <laughs> Let's do stickers. Yeah, yeah, like decals. <laughs> but no, that's a, good, that's a good point. I mean, you can look the part, but can yeah, you do it? Yeah, yeah, some of those guys, you know. They're usually the guys that end up getting the business in the end, though, from yeah. the firemen it, that really want to do the job. Nowadays... It's really difficult to hide, you know. <laughs> yes. It's really difficult. Years ago, you could tell a story somewhere, and nobody knows. But now, it's it's oh, easy to get. You can get vetted pretty easy now. I, I got to tell you, for those guys in the future that want to, like, you know, live the American dream, like I am, like you know, retiring right. and then coming down to the beautiful South, you know, to work. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy because right. it'll follow you around. Oh, absolutely. Your you reputation's know? everything. Yeah. Be the stand-up guy, you know, and. and Stuff I talk about a lot with some of the people down here, too, is like the fire service has changed a little bit, but the fire service itself hasn't. Right. You know, you guys have got to get on board, man. Oh, absolutely. At times, they are changing. Yeah. That's for sure. So, Chief, you have this amazing career in Portland, and you make Chief. Yeah. So talk to me about that. That was a huge accomplishment. My goodness, man. It was a – I'm glad it happened – like, it didn't happen quick for me to get down here, but I'm glad I was super busy at that. I had a three-month window by the time they get, they offered me the job down here in Goose Creek to the time I retired. And uh, my goodness, you know, you can't, I, I don't even know how to put it in words. You can say you're ready to get done with an organization, you know, but as much passion and Like, how do you close that door behind you? I, I mean, I, I bled the PFD. It's ridiculous. My right. wife will tell you. My friends will tell you. And uh, it kind of hit me like I, you know, had my uniform on. I'm going to work my last day and I'm thinking. Oh, man, it must be so surreal. Dude, I'm like, holy crap. I'm not going to be on the PFD anymore. You know and how many mean? years were you there, Chief? I was at 25 and a half. Wow. Yeah. And how many is Chief? Oh, uh, jeez. Yeah, to ask me. Like, it's okay. I think it was about three, three and a half. Still. Yeah, not chief of the department. I was yeah. deputy chief. Deputy chief. Yeah, that's huge. But I mean, no. you're still chief. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. if you're chief of the department. Yeah, I don't want to take credit chief. for yeah. being chief. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was a great job there. And uh, my last uh, three months of guys, oh, my goodness. They, that's ridiculous. If you look on Facebook, <laughs> you would have thought I was like the pontiff, the president. I don't know. Some sort of CEO well, of Google or I whatever. Mean, Chief, take a look at this. I mean, this yeah. is this is an incredible uh 
piece of art. Yeah. I call it a piece of art. I Shout mean, out to Stevie Pellerin. I don't know if he listens to these sort of things or not, but my goodness, I love the guy. Uh, retired fireman, talented. Not everybody gets an ax. The poor guy, when I got it, the chief presented it to me. He's in the corner crying. Love the guy. And I mean, what you can't see on camera, but I'll take a photograph for everyone later is everyone on the back, um, all these, you know, take care, chief, God bless. I mean, there's so many great uh, little sayings on here. Uh, it, it's just great. And that, this this is the type of thing that you can't pay for. No, you know? no, no. You know, it's you, you go to an award ceremony, they put a fish in the line, a big deal. You know what I mean? Honestly, in the end of the day, I think most real firemen will tell you that, you know, some awards committee decides that you should get that. Right. We're just doing the job. It's it's the stuff they did the last, you know, days. Like I said, the last three months, you know, people are taking pictures of me, with, you know, with me on the fire ground. We hit some work, too, which was good. Oh, that's always a good way got, out. Got, got, to, got to bang a second on the second to last. Oh, day, that's which was that's good. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> guys are thinking that I was pushing the hook a little bit too quick, but no, no, guys, you, you push it quickly. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> that's awesome. No, but it... <laughs> It literally, I, I got to tell you the story. So no, please. Yeah. I love the story. So, so my last, the, the morning comes to, that I'm leaving. I'm just this is like, your last day. This is it. This is it. Like okay. shift change is happening oh, in the man. morning. Uh, the, the deputy's relieving me he comes in early, like he normally does. And we're going to be going and having brunch. If you know what I mean? Right. 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 <laughs> right. The local establishment that one of the guys on the job, his sister owns. And, uh, I'm like, I'm in my head. I'm just dreading the moment of leaving. Right. You know, I am. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. It's actually overwhelming. Sounds it. So I'm making banter with the guys, and then all of a sudden they do this like radio thing where you're like, everyone's calling on the radio to me, and I wasn't expecting that. Guys right. are like crying on the radio, and like, I'm like trying just, you know, tr making jokes, doing what I do, and then, the the thing that <laughs> got me the most was. I'm like expecting that I got to be at this restaurant at like 8:30. Right. So Chad, the, the the deputy chief's like, hey, hey, bud, he's hanging around, and he's like, hey, bud, you gotta get going. I go, dude, I don't have to be over to the restaurant till 8:30. He goes, no, no, they got something planned for you. I go, what else do they got planned? You know. So I go grab my stuff. I I literally, basically, almost run out of the station on the front ramp. There's four cop cars, not one, not two, not three, four cop cars. The heavy rescues out there. All their lights are going. Oh man! They what a send off. They put me in the deputy chief's car. We're going through downtown Portland. They're blocking off roads. Like I'm like I looked <laughs> like, at Chad. Like you're president. I, yeah, I did. I said Chad. I go. They did know I didn't become president, right? <laughs> He's laughing his ass off. <laughs> then I get over there. I get out, and uh, we we go in. We're having we're you know, ordering you know beverages, right, and, right, right, and food and. All of a sudden, I hear bagpipes. My butt, my oh, buddy, man, they did you right. My buddy Polly comes in, bagging, you know, bagpiping, and that was t that's that's when I obviously yeah. cry. Oh, you know, yeah. listen, if you, if you don't get emotional after that, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's an amazing. I kept it together till the bagpipes. Damn you, yeah. Polly. Yeah. Damn you. Bagpipes, <laughs> they get me too. You know, every time. Yes. Yeah. What an amazing send off. But you know what, Chief? That just tells me your career with the Portland Fire Department is very obvious that they loved you because they don't do that for everybody. You know that. Yeah. You know, Some it's, guys, they just wave at you. As you it, was, it was a little too much, yeah. Sometimes yeah. they wave the one finger. Right, right, yeah. right. No, because uh, I was joking with the guys. I go, yeah, we're going to have my retirement party in a telephone booth, you know? <laughs> and that was tough, too, like I told you, Frank, you know? Yeah. I, f I feel bad for everybody out there that's maybe uh, retiring this year or, or retired this past year because 
I know for me, we wanted to have a, a big retirement party, not for the fact of me. It was the fact of all the retired guys that worked before me, that right. I worked with, to come and just break bread, talk, and have a moment before you know I headed south. And we didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can always, you know, when all the stuff loosens up, we can do that. I, I know uh, Yonkers, in Yonkers, there's a great establishment there, and uh, a lot of FDNY guys get together once a year, and they just do that. They just talk, man. Yeah, yeah. They have no, a lunch. We have a, we have a club that I uh, joined called the Who Club. So, you know, the president of the Who Club gives you a shirt, says, <laughs> Who, you know, who the, right, right, right. are you? That's you know funny. what I mean? That's so funny. <laughs> Insert swear here. Yeah, it's great. That is so great. So... Man, what an amazing career in Portland. And then how, how'd you end up here, Chief? How did this all happen? Because this, I mean, yeah. you were up against quite a few people here. Yeah, this was not an easy yeah, feat. I was, I was told it was 104 people. So so out of 104 yeah. applicants, you're it. I mean, talk to me about that. I don't know. I guess they wanted the deaf, dumb, and blind man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, my wife and I, you know, we had kind of a plan in our head that at least get our, our youngest, you know, my stepson out of school. He had a, two years left in high school and. Then I, I knew this job was coming open here. We were kind of looking at coming south. I mean, guys. Yeah, it's so who, nice here. Yeah, oh, my who, God. Who, who, who wants to live? Yeah, in, I don't want to go back. Yeah, who wants to go shovel snow? Yeah, you know no, what I mean? Yeah. So, and then I applied, and, you know, it was one of those things where, like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know, say a prayer. And, you know, if the God's willing that this is what it's going to be, it'll work out. And one step at a time, I couldn't believe it each step. You know, my first... You know, they went through all the applications, and then I got a phone call and a phone interview. Then I had to come down and had an interview with the city administrator, and then they invited me back down. Always a good for sign. Interview for with the mayor, and then they offered me the job. And then I was like, it was kind of a whirlwind of events. Yeah. Now, before you got hired at the fire department, did you meet anybody at the, at the actual fire department itself? Yeah, like the assistant chief I actually had met years ago Okay. down at Aniston. You know, doing a, a WMD course down there. Oh, cool. And so, you know how it is. You meet guys from all over oh, the country. Oh, all over the place, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you end up, you know, keeping in contact. And when stuff's going on, right. you know, you kind of, whether it's COVID or some sort of hazmat thing or something, you kind of throw things out to see how other guys are doing it. And uh, I knew him, you know, and could ask questions about the job. And, you know, it seemed like a right fit because I didn't want to retire, retire. I right. didn't want to be that guy. Right. You know, yeah. I wanted to come here and, and actually do good work and you know unfortunately back home uh, in portland you know the city's not very friendly to not the citizens as much as you know city hall you know we've cut two engine companies in the last probably seven years now yeah it's tough yeah and just yeah you hate to see that man. and budget wise it's not good and right. it's just tough and then down here rapid growth they're going to be going to be adding a four station you know probably be in it within two years breaking ground by it's amazing next year yeah so you're you're really coming in it's a great time yeah man we're building well, your experience here. it's it's a it's a great win for the city here yeah you know it's thank you but it's uh just want to do good things here i want to build some traditions that the guys and gals that want here i think you know and we want to be if we want to be a fire department you know yeah. that does good fire and ems work and you know, we've got a good core talented group here. We want to keep guys here. You know, one thing about it seems like this area of the country, because of the growth, that you, you're kind of breaking at the seams. So you get people coming in from all over the country to come to get jobs here, and some of them go back. So you get kind of a transient population. Right. 
which is tough because if you're trying to build tra you know, traditions, you're trying to build camaraderie, it's hard to do that when you have a kind of a revolving door of people coming in and going out. And I just want to stop that, man. So you want to keep, so would you say one of your focuses is retention? Oh, totally. That's yeah. one of my first and foremost things that I need to, to happen here is Yeah, because retention is experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I want to build great traditions here. I want to build the camaraderie, you know, even more than it is here now. So, you know, people are going to want to come to work here right. and do good work. Honestly, I'm, you know, I'm not just saying this because you're here and you're chief, but I walk around and I see that. I mean, it seems to me that everyone here is pretty happy. I, you know, a lot, a lot of happy faces. So thanks, I paid you very well to say that. Frank. <laughs> it was like a dollar. It was like a dollar. Yeah, I gave you, I gave you an espresso. Yeah, but it's true, though. I mean, you know, you can see because again, I, I've been all over, so you, you know, you can tell. You know, guys seem generally happy here, which is a good thing. And it's not easy for you to start in a totally different culture. Oh no, you know, it, it just. I love the fire service. So I came in and I'm kind of a knucklehead, man. I don't f feel like I'm any better than anybody else. I'm just stupid enough to raise my hand and take responsibility <laughs> for all of you, the, all y'alls they yeah, see yeah, down yeah, here. Yeah, all stuff, you know, and, but, you know, honestly, I put my pants on the same way, right. you know, you gotta, it's like a soldier, right? You gotta be willing to fight, you know? And, yeah, lead from the front. Yeah, my, my body's certainly not like it was when I was in my 20s, but my mind is. So I guess right. I, that keeps me at least aggressive at the dinner table, right, guys? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, I think what is happening here is uh, is phenomenal. This is a really good fire department. Uh, super squared away, super clean, uh, great equipment out on the floor. Yeah. So th things are definitely progressing. It looks great. Yeah, when you go in, what's a, a good sign is when you go and look at the back step mm -hmm. on the engine, engine one out there. <laughs> That'll tell you everything right there. Yeah, it is It is really nice. Uh, I mean, so as a new chief here, I know obviously we can't talk about a ton of history with Goose Creek because you're, you're new here. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about, you know, what would be in your mind? What's a five-year plan for, for you in the city? Well, obviously we're going to be uh, adding the fourth station. That's, it's paramount. We need that up there in the Carnes area. The response time from Engine Three's quarters is way too long. There's a lot of development and growth going on there. Same thing, you know, any fire chief will be like, yep, I know what you're talking about. The apparatus replacement program. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to replace some apparatus. So one good thing is down here that we're not used to, Frank, is no salt on the roads. Right. So right. so the right. frames and stuff last, but the trucks still get old. Right. So still engine at, hours. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at a replacement program. You know, just recruitment, retention. I mean, there's a bunch of different stuff, you know, standard operating guidelines that, that are that are there, that are, you know, obviously it's a guideline, so it's flexible, that makes sense. Right. You know, get rid of rules that are, you know, are outdated that mean nothing, to, that are in a book just to be in the book and let's make some sense and have some guidance. And, you know, I want to challenge everybody from myself all the way down and then back up again to be better at their jobs. You know, I want to be better at my job. I have high expectations of my assistant chief and my battalion chiefs. You know, we're, we're looking at a little bit of restructuring, you know, when it comes to how we do EMS and how we do fire and just in the end of the day, I want people to feel rewarded and challenged by being here. And, you know, one thing that's good, too, is, uh, you know, I reached out to North Charleston, to the chief there, and, you know, we're going to be doing some mutual aid with them. Oh, that's great. Which is good. That definitely builds morale. Guys like catching work. Oh, know? absolutely, yeah. And uh, yeah. our rescue is going to be going over to the, the north part of North Charleston. Cool. You know, and I want to not just have it be just single engine company responses or rescue company responses. I want to start working with our neighbors. So instead of just seeing the chief in a meeting, like, you know, he knows me, I know him. Right. He's down here. 
don't know if you guys notice, is hurricanes. Oh, yeah. You know, there's yeah. weather events. There's yeah. things that go on that we need to work together as a team. You know, like Chief uh, Mixon, which, believe it or not, is my last name with an M. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Mike Mixon, not Mike Nixon. Oh, that is funny. From Mount Pleasant, you know, uh, he's been great. You know, all these chiefs have reached out in, in one form or another and just working with these guys and getting to know them it's, it's, and working our department into the needs of Berkeley County, which is rapidly growing. And Berkeley, if I understand right, is the biggest county in South Carolina. Is that true? Yeah, I believe so. Don't yeah. quote me if I'm wrong. I know. I, I was told it was the biggest county in, in South Somebody Carolina. Somebody said it's like the size of Rhode Island. I believe it because I drove part of it. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Out there. But it's growing rapidly. And, you know, the needs for Berkeley County are going to grow as well. And. You know, we're, we're the, the biggest city all in Berkeley County. Like Somerville, I think, is a little bit bigger of a city than us, but they're most in, mostly in Dorchester County. Right. But, uh, you know, like I've been meeting with, uh, you know, like Will from Berkeley County EMA. They call it EMD down here. And Ben, you know, and we want to get more involved with that stuff because we have resources that, first of all, the guys and gals want to go to work. Right. And we have the resources that we can you know, kind of throw at some of these emergencies. And you know what? One, one chief told me a long time ago, it was a chief from Massport at Logan Airport. They started getting involved at that point with uh, the Metro Fire Plan. So it's their mutual aid pack. And, he, and I learned a lot from his co short conversation I had with this guy. He's like, we don't catch a lot of work, obviously, at Massport. Planes right. are not crashing at Logan yeah, Airport. Yeah, car fires and stuff. So, but it was beneficial to send his companies out, you know, the engine and the tower unit, to go to to go to fires in the metro fire because that way they get experience mm -hmm. real life experience and they're bringing it back to the airport yep and the same thing for us you know and and the other thing too is we have emergencies here in the city we're gonna have to rely on our mutual aid partners absolutely you know? yeah so better to get to know each other sooner than later i love the fact that you want to come out of the sandbox a little bit and that that's another big culture change in the fire department from what we're used to everyone kind of wants to stay in their own sandbox so oh, it's yeah it's a really difficult <laughs> i learned that lesson a long time ago yeah. frank you know back home when i was involved in special operations and the first time i had to go to a meeting up at the state and main emergency management you know you're in there with chiefs and stuff from all kinds of other agencies and you know no one wanted to work with portland because we were a bunch of asses you got to break the barriers down man right and like i tell uh, a lot of those walls are built up before us though, oh you know? no totally yeah. it was just, you know i don't know if it was macho bravado or whatever but one of the things that I've told uh, my officers out on the floor is like, listen, my expectations from you, if we go to a neighboring town to help out, you're there to help, you know, right. be a gentleman, be a lady, go up, say, hey, I'm here from the city of Goose Creek. I'm here to help you. What can I help? What can I do for you? Right. Because that's the way I, I roll. You know, the and, best way. Yeah. If, yeah. if you approach it that way, usually, you know, guys and girls are more apt to receive that help. Yeah. Be a gentleman, you know, yeah. and the same thing like, you know, back home in Maine, you know, where. We're, you know, we're a medium-sized fish, right, in a small small tank. So mm -hmm. we would have people that would come to the firehouse that were from, like, these little small teeny towns that I've never even heard of. But you know what? Be a gentleman when they come over. You know, don't treat them like with – treat them with respect. These are far, fellow firefighters. They may volunteer from their town or whatever, but they don't have the same opportunities you do. Make a lasting impact on these people i'll tell you what chief i'm glad you mentioned that because i'll share just a quick story and that is i stopped at three fire departments in somerville all three stations open arms you know i mean just exchanging patches and telling stories and, and tons of enthusiasm they don't know me from anybody walking off the street 
same thing here. Both these stations, I mean, you know, it's just, it's so nice. That whole Southern comfort thing is real. I feel like that Southern hospitality is real because, it, you know, some, some parts of the states, you don't get that. Yeah, but, you know, even in New York City, I'll tell you a short story, bro, and had a lasting impact on me. I was a young, young guy. Like I said, I was testing everywhere, and I was taking the test in New York City. I think it was 92, and anybody that took the test in 92, I think it was exam 0084 maybe. It was the longest, like, list in, in, in city's history, I think, because wow. all kinds of, like, lawsuits and right, things right. that happened. But I was going down there for the written exam, and, you know, I'm a kid from Maine. I'm in the city a couple of times, but, you know, when you're in the subway and you pop out, you don't know up and down, yeah. left from right, <laughs> and it's freaking raining yeah, out. it's a maze. And, and I'm with my, my buddy, Eddie and Jeff. Eddie's actually a deputy chief in uh, Chelsea, Mass. Another oh, good very cool. Another good department yeah, if you cool. ever want to go up there and interview those guys. So we're like, we don't know where we're going. We're trying to find this, the Miriam Bertrand High School, which is in down in the seaport, trying to figure out where that thing's at so in the morning we're not stressed. Right. And I look over, and there's a firehouse. So I'm like... Let's ring the bell. You right. feel a little awkward, you right, know what right. I mean? So I ring the buzzer, and first thing the guy we're starting to ask for direction, he goes, no, 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 guys, come in out of the rain. So we go in and explain to him what we're trying to do and that we're trying to look for the school. And before he even said anything about direction, he goes, did you guys eat? Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, I, I was in there for two minutes. Right. I'm from, like, so these guys, they probably think I have moose and deer, <laughs> and, which I didn't. In my backyard, you know, and, uh, you know, they literally, the engine was going out to grab, grab the meal. They wouldn't let us leave. That's awesome. And we ended up eating with the guys, you know, and you try to do the right thing by getting up, cleaning the table off and also they wouldn't hear of it. You're basically saying you're insulting us. Right. The guy, the guys literally like, you're our guests. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm your guest now. If I get this job, I'm going to be just a probie. You know? Oh, man, it's so but, funny. You know, and it, what a great experience, though. But you know what I mean? And that's the whole thing. That's, that, that sums it up in a nutshell. Here I am in the Big Apple, you know, the kind of an A ticket, you know what I mean, for the fire service. If they can treat people that they have never met, right? you know, when they're like, you know, the pro baseball team yep. of all pro baseball teams, then any of any of these departments, like where I'm working now, you know, be a gentleman, be Absolutely. a lady. What a great right lesson. Thing. Yeah, it, it, yeah, just be human. And this guy yeah. probably, I'm sure he's forgot about me after I left. Right. You know, but now look at you. But, it's you crazy. Know, yeah, now I'm an old dude. And I still remember <laughs> the stories, kind of. I'll be screaming them out in the That's nursing fun. home. It's funny because <laughs> as a kid, I was 18 years old, walking past Engine 55, and I, you know, I was a volunteer fireman, a young kid, real impressionable, you know, really into it. I started when I was 14 as a junior fireman, like a you know, yeah, yeah. explorer. So I walk past, I look in, and there happened to be a guy in the gallery. He's like, "Oh, come on, in, come in." I'm like, "You sure?" You know, he's like, "Yeah, come in." He let me you look could at sense the on from a long yeah, ways away. Yeah, he could he could tell. I had big <laughs> had an afro back then too, but he let me right in and, and showed me the showed me the truck, the engine, and it was just cool. I remembered that too, but you know, I didn't get to break bread with them, but. But it was it was cool to uh, to have that experience too. No, it's yeah. great, man. That's the what's what the fire service is about, and you can't forget those things. Absolutely, Chief. It was an absolute honor to talk to you. Um, what a cool firehouse! Uh, what a cool story you had to tell. I mean, yeah, thanks, from, Frank. From Portland, you know, to surviving cancer and your family and everything. It's just it's really great to see you in this position. I'm I'm looking to see how well you do here. I I, I see big things happening. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. I really do. And I like I said, I paid him well.
Yeah, good. It was a yeah. dollar, so yeah. it's not really much. He wants and to he, go to he, Ken's Chop House. <laughs> I don't know if you know what Ken's Chop House yeah, is. But. It's, listen, <laughs> any, anything you'd like to add, Chief, before we, uh, before we get you off the hot seat? Yeah. Anyone like to thank or anyone, anything no, you'd like to mention? No, it's just, you know, back home, all the, the, the people that have supported me in the, the fire department up there, you know, I miss everybody, love you guys. And uh, the, the welcoming I got from down here from... Not only the department itself, but the area departments and people that have reached out. I can't thank you guys enough. And, you know, I, you know, keep the faith, everybody. You know, times are tough. And, you know, keep the, tradition, the traditions alive, if I yeah, can speak. very important. Yeah, you know, cultural tradition is what this show is all about. No, yeah. and, you know, do the right thing. Always step up and do the right thing, man. And, you know, don't mess with the man. If you, right. everybody knows it does his job, don't mess with the man. Do the right thing. Stand up, you know. Do well by your bosses. Do well by the people that we work with. You know, we got a chain of command for a reason. It, you know? Exactly. Right. Yeah. It, all those things, you know, it makes sense in the end, especially when you get to the end of your career. All the stuff makes sense. Right. And, you know, don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat yourself out of having a great career. And you're a living proof of that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you in for checking Pendicube Productions, Pendicube Podcast. This episode will also be available on the audio podcast in your car so you can listen on your way to work. And we'll be back soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q podcast. Brought to you by Pin the Q Productions. Visit us at www.pintheq.com.